Good morning. Thank you for joining us as we continue our study through the Bible, a book at a time. Uh, We are being very ambitious, trying to get all of the Bible read in a year, trying to do devotions for an entire year and to move through it. And we've come to the section of Scripture that is Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, I'm bringing those together because even though they're two separate books in our Bibles today, when they were originally written, and they're both written by Ezra, it was just one book. It was the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And over hundreds of years, eventually they got separated out because there are enough distinctions there to, to merit a different look. But we're going to treat Ezra Nehemiah as one book. We're going to treat it uh, as it was written by Ezra at the beginning. We're just going to flow right through it. And in the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, you have um, three distinct characters. Now, this is written while the Israelites are still captive. But at this time, Babylon has been defeated and Persia is now ruling and reigning over Israel. Babylonian captivity is winding down. It is coming to a very swift end. And Persia is now, although it's pagan, although it still does not serve God, and they're still ruling and reigning, they don't have as much interest in the Israelites as Babylon did. So Ezra is writing this story as the Babylonian captivity is winding down and as we start to see a return to Jerusalem from Israel. And there are three main characters, and those three main characters are Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Now, Zerubbabel takes up the first six chapters of Ezra. Uh, Ezra takes up seven through ten. And then Nehemiah, of course, fills up the the book Nehemiah. So we're going to look at these three and we're going to see how they navigate us through these books and how they show us the point of these books. Now again, these are men who are going to lead as Israel is brought out of captivity. Zerubbabel is going to be looking to rebuild the temple. Ezra is going to be looking to bring the scripture to light and is going to be creating a sense of community. Nehemiah is going to be rebuilding the wall. And the three different main characters have a very similar structure in the way that they're made. They all get, uh, they all get instructions from pagan kings to go back into Jerusalem, to take Israelites to go back into Jerusalem. They all are going to do something that is reminiscent of what Israel had before. They're also all going to have this great big buildup. They're going to have uh, conflict along the way. They're going to overcome conflict. But at the end of each of their stories, you get this anticlimactic finish. And so we're going to, as we go through these things, we're going to see why the book is brought up like this, why it's, it's, it's kind of 
uh, why it's structured in this way and why each of them go through this. As we come to Ezra chapter 1, we see that Cyrus, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. And so what we see here is that Cyrus, this pagan king, is telling Zerubbabel and the Israelites, go back. And it's a very interesting thing to know that this is a king who does not serve God, and yet here he is serving God. And he's fulfilling uh, the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 25, where he says there's going to be people who go back. Zerubbabel takes the Israelites back. They're excited. Now, Zerubbabel is an interesting guy because his name actually implies being born in Babylon or the seed of Babylon or out of Babel and those kind of Babylon and those sorts of things. Meaning that this guy, Zerubbabel, he has never, ever, ever been to Jerusalem. He's never seen what it used to be like. But he's instructed by God. He's given instructions by Cyrus to go back, to lead the people back, and they're going to rebuild the temple. And they go back into the temple and they're putting together the altar in chapter 3. They're rebuilding the altar. People are getting excited. You've got this incredible build up that the temple's about to be finished. And after the second year, they're coming to the house of God at Jerusalem. The second month, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, made a beginning together with the rest of their kinsmen, the priests and the Levites, all who had come to Jerusalem from their captivity. They're getting there, and the temple is rebuilt, is finished, it is, uh, it is up, and in chapter 3, verse 10, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests and their vestments came forward with trumpets, and Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for, he is steadfast, uh, for His steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. All the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. So everyone's excited because the brick and mortar has been laid for the temple. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy. Why did they weep? Because even though the brick and mortar was laid, even though the foundation was poured the Spirit of God did not come upon the temple like it once was. And you start to see here at the beginning why Ezra is laid out the way it is. The people of Israel were excited to come back. They were excited to get back to the way things were. But if the Lord wasn't there, it wasn't complete. It wasn't full and it wasn't good. So that is our first reading. Take Ezra chapters 1 through 4 today to go through it. Tomorrow we'll be back in the book of Ezra, and we're going to start in chapter 5. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you again in the morning.